Welcome to episode 133, 133 episodes of Courtside Indiana podcast. Jim Reamer joined by Nick Baumgart, as he has done most weeks during this, uh, not during the, like the, what do we call this? The AAU season? What do we, is that what this is? Call it, yeah, we call it, yeah, soccer season too. Soccer season. Yeah, poor Zach. Zach was supposed to get to the top, to the uh, Charlie Hughes event on Friday, but was unable to get away from home. So family man. I mean, we were, we were ready to bring him back on two weeks in a row. Nothing. Chris Spillman also joining us. Are you, are you in Terre Haute now? Yep. Living with my grandparents and helping out with the practices. So helping out with the, with the men's team. Yep. Nice. Yep. What do you, what do you want to do with that? Uh, we'll see. I don't know if I'm considering either getting into coaching or going to do some sort of administration role in athletics, kind of going to figure out which one I want to do, but yeah. You're a smart kid. You need to get some information there. Get some, get some, uh, informatics and get some analytical stuff going on there. Young hotshot, man. That'll be the, you'll, that'll end up, you'll be the, like the GM of, you'll be the player guy, player person, the president of some, some franchise and you'll, that's when you'll hire me. You'll remember. Yeah, if you don't have, if you're just listening, you don't have video, right? Chris Billman is a young, strapping, strapping. Uh, he's got a little. He's like hundred. He's like a buck thirty-five, soaking wet. Strapping he's, to me. Strapping to me. Is a different thing. He's not strapping. He's and not strapping. Got a little Clark Kent to him. Like he just looks like the young, a young stud in the game, man. Just well, anybody, that, anybody Chris that played Billman. the fall league knows that knows Chris. He was the guy in the back, man. back two courts point and telling everybody where they needed to go so i think we're gonna have to i'm gonna have to figure out how to replace you are you gonna be around for that you won't be around for that will you uh i i might be able to work it out we'll see (sighs) all right either way i think i'm bringing on another uh like an an extra person not in lieu of Mm -hmm. i want to have two people this year so all right we're gonna do a recruiting update then we're going to talk about the charlie hughes invitational which is our think all of our favorite event of the year well it's not as good as it used to be because they don't do the tournament format like they used to but that's the ncaa's fault so um you know the ncaa's rules and, and for good reasons they limit how many games in a day you can play and just makes bracket play like this difficult so but uh, still a great event great chance to watch kids play in their new roles if you if if you're, you know, unless you're someone like me that goes to different leagues and goes to shows up to a couple team camps, you know, obviously I've seen some of these teams already. I don't know, Chris, did, did ISU have, did Indiana State have a team camp this year? We did not. Not did high not. school. Okay. But for a lot of people, and there were good crowds here, there were good crowds at Carnival Games. Uh, for a lot of people, this was the first chance to see basically – what next year is going to look like, you know, and I think we've probably had some confirmation of some things that we already thought. Um, some of us have already seen like who's going to be good, stuff like that. Um, but we're going to talk about that. And maybe I don't know how much Chris you've seen this month, but uh, also talk about just maybe kind of some things. What have we learned about this month uh, is who's going to be good and who's not. So, or I mean, maybe not who's not, but, Maybe we'll know. We'll see. Let's get uh, some uh, recruiting updates here. 
Um, going back to last week, I don't think we reported Cannon Catchings from Brownsburg, the uh, junior from Brownsburg, his offer from Purdue. I just want to make sure we caught that on this time. Uh, Ashton Williamson picked up an offer from uh, Valparaiso. He's a senior. The rest of these guys are seniors uh, from Gary 21st Century. Dylan Moles picked up a couple of offers this week. Uh, Grace, which is obviously in the uh, GLVC, or not the GLVC, the Crossroads League, and then picked up an uh, offer from Lemoyne College in New York, uh, Division II school up there. Garway Duall, well, we'll get to him in a minute, sorry. Uh, Joey Hart picked up a couple of trio of offers this week. Picked up a Miami of Ohio offer. That may have sort of been like a reiterated offer. I think he may have already had one. Um, picked up an offer from Illinois State. Picked up an offer from Missouri State. Illinois State, Miami of Ohio, both obviously have, maybe not obviously, but both have new coaching staffs. Marcus Ankney, point guard from Center Grove, picked up an offer from Indiana Wesleyan. Marcus Burton picked up an offer from Miami of Ohio this week. David Merriweather also picked up an offer from Miami of Ohio. Coach Steele, very active this week. Uh, Gavin Welch picked up a couple of offers this week, both NAIA-level offers. Uh, Gavin or Calumet St. Joseph's and then Oakland City. And then, did I miss anybody? Our two commitments this week, Jackson Gould from Warsaw committed to Indiana Wesleyan and Garway Duall earlier in the week committed to Providence. Not surprised that he committed to Providence. Am surprised he committed this quickly. Uh, not that it matters. Just I had two people actually message me uh, that, and I don't know. That was my answer to them. So that was now my, you know, that's my uh, comment now. But he's well, been hurt. He He didn't play this weekend, so. He is nursing an ankle sprain. So anything there catch your ear, Nick? No. Um, you know, I was just kind of excited to see Dual in, in his new role, kind of role, but it, it, just on the floor. Yeah. You know. I tell you what, at, at, at IU team camp, he was – he showed a tighter handle. Because we, we, we've talked about this, right? We've talked about, you know, guys who guys who've looked really good in the spring. What was it going to be like when there's when they're playing against more coaching? You know, playing against better help, playing against better off-ball defense. And I know we talked – I know I spoke about how early in that Brownstown game at IU – he did struggle with the tighter spaces, but then he got it figured out and he looked, he looked good the rest of the day. Um, so he has looked good. He's also been a little bit more, uh, a little bit more uh, sense of urgency without the basketball of cutting and using screens, talking to teammates, things of that nature. So he has been, um, he's been good in that regard. So if if you hadn't seen him play yet this month, those are some of the things he's improved. Those are a couple of the things he's improved on. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think anything else really caught my ear too much. I mean, Joey Hart continues to rack up the mid-major offers, and I know Western Kentucky's interested. I think they might offer here at some point, I heard, this weekend. Um, so, you know, he kind of feels more like a Connor Asijan. Um, You know, does he ever get the – 
You know, I know Central Florida is really big on him. Yeah. Um, I kind of thought he might pop for them earlier, but will he, will he, will Joey Hart get any, any other, you know, anything else kind of thing? Um, will, will his recruiting change? Yeah. That's a good change, question. Will change the, you know, it's kind of an interesting little th- um, side note. Um, yeah. Good to see Oakland city active. I think there's a lot of kids in this class that Oakland city could really, could really help Oakland city. And yeah, and I think, program. I think they'll start to be more aggressive now that they've gotten, now that they've gotten out, and had a chance to see, you know, a chance to see these guys play with their school teams too. So, so anyway, yeah, no, that's. And, and personally, I was, I mean, I was glad to see Dylan Moles plays for me as does Gavin Welch. We yeah. picked up two offers this week. Both these guys picked up two offers this week. Well, we talked uh, about Dylan this weekend, you know? Well, you uh, and I did. Yeah. But we didn't record our. Sure. No, but I mean, we're, we're, we didn't record our two hour conversation on my back porch. So that's true. We, yeah, well, a lot of good stuff there. It's a lovely screened in back porch with a great view in the back. So the two great cats. I'm not even a cat guy. I do. I do. I have, I have two good cats. Yeah, that's right. Chris is like, what the hell do I get to talk today? Um, but Dylan, Dylan Poland, division two offer. I, I think he is one of a few kids in this class uh, ironically, I think the guy who went up against playing Southport, Keon Miller, two of the more under-recruited kids in this class. I mean, I've got – like, I think most of my group is a little under-recruited. Um, and I, I think purely a lot of it is just, you know, a victim of not being able to get a whole lot of exposure until this April because of because of what COVID did. So, um you know what it what COVID did to evaluation periods but one last point i want to make before i turn it over to chris uh jackson gold to to iwu i thought was really good you know indiana west is a great spot for him especially it fits his game perfect it fits him as a person so yeah and i want to go you know i go back to my team too we didn't shoot the ball with a crap in April. So when I say my guys may be a little under recruited, that could be why that could be part of the reason, you know, you tell people it's the best shooting team I've ever had. And it is, I mean, statistically <laughs> it is. And then we right. just, we, we, couldn't throw it, we couldn't throw it in the ocean in April. Luckily we were really good defensively, but, and then we started hitting it. We started shooting better in May. Uh, but by then, you know, most people couldn't really be out, especially D one D two guys. So. Chris, anything that stand out to you there? Anything that uh, catch your interest? Marcus Burton got a Missouri State offer too, um, which wasn't on here. We and didn't he get that. Okay. He he put on some pretty good performances against Cathedral, is what I heard, and then uh, Carmel as well. But and then Catchings, he uh, he was on visits to Illinois and IU too, and he he's a he's a good shot maker for Brownsburg in the twenty four class and. Um, I thought Gavin Welch played well this weekend. I watched a little bit of Newcastle, and he had some nice finishes and mm-hmm. shuffle looked pretty good. And um, yeah, and Anki, I thought Anki looked pretty good for Center Grove against Homestead too. So he's yeah. he's been a kid I've liked in this class from the beginning. So he was a kid that we were, went after pretty hard when he was fifteen and under. So always kind of liked him, but. Yeah, I think I think Marcus Burton's finally starting to get some traction in his recruiting. I think that's that's a good thing. Uh, he is um, 
you know, once he really started to get honed in on the defensive end of the floor, which was probably at some point last year, you know, he was, he, you could start to really take him seriously. I know size will be an issue, but as much as we all kind of like Travis Grayson, you know, Burton's got two inches on him and is a better, you know, a much better shooter. So much more explosive around the rim. Too. He definitely, he definitely can play at the rim and he's, he's a little, he's a little craftier. Um, you know, and Penn could be that, Penn could be that Chesterton. Penn could be like Chesterton next year. They could, they could run the table up there. I don't know what their schedule is going to look like outside of their area, but while there are still some, while there are still, I mean, there's, there's going to be good teams in, you know, on their schedule, they could very easily, I mean, they're probably going to be favored in every game. You know, if they played the same schedule they played last year, they probably will be favored in every game. I mean, they're, I think they played Valpo at one point. Uh, you know, they so it's a good schedule, but I don't see any reason why, especially with the way like Gatate is playing. Uh, you know, yeah. and and their their other two guards. You know, Joe Smith is a great compliment to him, uh, to Burton. Um, they they could very well come come out of that. You know, get to semi state undefeated and not having really I don't want to say not having been challenged but that's true you wouldn't be wrong go ahead I mean I mean Chesterton took care of business last year until the state finals and I don't think Ben Davis or, or Cathedral would be able to do that but do to them what Cathedral did to Chesterton in the state finals I think Burton's that much better than Grayson well, Penn didn't Penn play Cathedral today? Beat they him? did. They beat yeah, him. Yeah, by fifteen. Yeah. Well, uh, and you know, June is. I need to see that game. So I, I, I'm just looking at scores here. But I mean, yeah, yeah. I was watching Carmel put a forty piece on Valpo. So, <laughs> Coleman, Coleman, they asked Coleman if they asked Coach Coleman if it was okay to have a running clock in the fourth quarter, and he was like, "Yes, please." <laughs> <laughs> and they and they were gassed. He he made a comment too that his guys were gassed, and it is. It's the end of the month. It's the end of the weekend. It's a long month for these guys. I thought Oak Hill looked specifically fatigued this weekend. They looked a little disinterested. Uh, there's there's just two good teams that kind of, at least today, kind of slept walk a little bit. But well, legs you know, are always I, an issue on that second day. You absolutely, know. absolutely. And and as nice as June is. It's merely just a, it's merely just a, a checkpoint into what what's coming up here this season. So, and we'll get more we'll get more into that here uh, in a, in, a, in a few minutes. So, but I all think right, it's, so, it's, go ahead. The one thing I will say about Charlie Hughes, please first, if you want to cons, um, the rosters like if we need like we need rosters like everywhere. We need like names. No, they sell. Them. They sell them. I asked, I, well, to coaches, I'm not a coach. So I asked and asked and asked. I mean, I know they have the app and last year it was great. The last couple of years have been great because they sent it out in email form. You could just. Right. They've got this. Catch a forward. Right. And yeah, but there's not rosters and it really, it's, it makes it tough because you see kids and you don't know who they are. You know, I got rosters. Well, I didn't, I didn't register as media. So, you know, I don't know that, I don't know that they have uniform numbers on them, but I've got rosters. Well, that's, that's hard. That's tough. Like that is that part of it. That part of it's going to be hard because you're like, Hey, I really like 
I got like zero and next game he's wearing number. Next but if you really he's wearing some other number or something, I mean, it's just, it's, you got to do the leg work. You got to go find out. You got to, who's this guy? Who's that guy? And not how, not my system. So anyway, <laughs> Trevor and I were, Andershock and I were texting back and forth a couple times this weekend. Like, is that guy, this dude here is the, so. Yeah, well, I get it, but I'm not, that's not my style. So anyway. All right. So here's the burning question of the week. And I'll explain why. And it's going to be the title of the podcast. Will Jake Davis cut his hair? To get recruited. To, to go to college. Will he cut his hair? That's why he's not getting recruited. Is because no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. That's not where I'm going with this. Okay. His, his hair is, is, is marvelous. It's exceptional. It is. It, it is, is the best hair. Golly, I love it. All respect to the Willoughby guy from Whiteland. We need to have like a hair segment on here as, <laughs> as weird as that sounds. Right. Jake, right Davis, Jake Davis has the best, most manicured hair in the effing state of Indiana. Yeah. Among basketball players. Will he or won't he cut his hair to get recruited? I'll, I'm going to ask the question and then I'm going to tell you why I'm asking it. But you got to answer it for Nick. Will he or will he not cut his hair if it means he could pick up specifically three scholarship offers? Division one offers. <laughs> will he or will he not cut his hair? Why would he? No, don't. Chris, don't cut Chris, hair. would you? Will he or will he not? I mean, this reminds me of uh, Alfred Payton in the NBA who missed shots because the hair went over his eyes. Right? I don't think Jake's is that bad because it's like that. I, I bet he would. I'm not going to lie. I think he would if it was guaranteed. But I don't well, know. Will he or should he? I mean, that's a different well, yeah. kind of, Well, I, don't I think, I think he should. Look, look, I got two rules when it comes to hair. One is they can't cover your eyes. And two, they can't touch my uniforms. So... That's that's all I got. But do you, you know, think? And, and in that note, like guy, you know, we got AJ Lux with the Bieber haircut going. He needs to cut his bangs. We got Dylan Moles. He needs to cut his bangs. You know, I'm picking on kids I know. I think feel like this is this is old man. Yeah, and I'm 40. I'm going to be. That's fine. Here. This feels Will, like old so, man yelling at the clouds. I swear. So here's no, no. This is not why I'm asking. This feels like get this off my a, lawn. Back in this my is a practical. Day. This is a practical. This is a practical question. And I never, I never hold up for these kids. But go ahead. The service academies are interested in Jake Davis. Well, that's different. Guess that's what? Different. Uh, oh, oh, guess what you got to do to be in the military. I had, I had to offer appointment or whatever to the naval academy. Yeah, you got to get buzz that hair. Uh, yeah. but that's a different question, though. Well, no, it's the same hair. question. Will well, he? No, no. Will he, he still turn it down? down? Well, he got to cut his hair to go to Evansville. I mean, they don't care. They weren't look. They're not when no, they were they're evaluating. Not a, they're not a service academy. I look. That's different. But that's a service that's a academy. You, that's you a graduate. Lifestyle. I understand that. a lifestyle. But you graduate from a service academy, unless you screw something up, you are set for life. No, no, no. That's different. Okay, so we're talking. But but so yes, I would say Jake, you're a smart dude, and I really. It's not like really you. a serious question, Nick. You're not playing along here. As I'm not really trying to make life life decisions here. The question is though, it might be. <laughs> but if he's like, no, I won't cut. I it. went too. I went too deep for into it. Well, here, no, it's right. just like we're just having fun here, dude. It's, but I think you know, it's different. It really is. I don't think that he should cut. If he doesn't want to cut his hair, that's not the way. Anymore. I've already told you. I've already told you. Listen, I've already told you that nobody is saying they're not recruiting him because of his hair. But it. it but if the service academies want him. <laughs> 
who will and and a couple of them i'm not naming names like him he, you know you got a 67 percent chance of getting that right but a couple of them like him you know i don't know that Air that Force means they want him to go to i don't know if they want him to go to prep school their prep school first or what but you know the question was asked you know you know will he the question was asked is would he consider go, doing one the prep school year and i was like i don't know i think the question is, is will he cut his hair <laughs> and it was it, it was such a it, the response was such a laugh i was like you know what that's we're going to talk about on the podcast so well, i didn't know you were coming out okay yeah nick you're a stubborn pain in the ass what <laughs> if if army would have came up to you or navy or air force and said hey you could come, you know, we want you, but you, know, you got to get rid of that hair. Yeah, sure. I mean, I you're in the, you're in the barber, that. you're in the barber shop the day after you get on. I, you know. But I haven't had this. I haven't had this beautiful mane of hair for three years, like Jake Davis or four years or however long <laughs> he's had it. Right. He showed up with this beautiful mane and it's like, it's never changed. And it's, and I was talking Every to the coach the other day. And that's why you say that maybe because he was like, I just wish the kid would get a headband. And I was just like, I guess, I guess he's always doing like this and it kind of bothers. So I really was thinking like, you're serious. Like, Oh, well, I, I would feel, I would feel different about the headband. If he wasn't, if he didn't shoot, what did he shoot? This year? Did he shoot 52% from three? Yeah. He took cathedral? a couple charges this weekend. I yeah. meant for, for the school season for cathedral 48. It was something outlandishly good. I think it was and down I, from where he, last year when he shot 55%. That, that could be, yeah. It could have been 52 <laughs> two years ago and down to maybe upper 40s last year. Still really good. Yeah, oh, no, I, I, incredible. You know, and I think obviously we're not going to – we don't spend a lot of time doing complete segments on just one single person's recruiting. Uh, but, but at the same time, uh, you know, he's a kid that I think he would do I, – I look at him from a low major – low D one perspective a div- and a division two perspective and an NAI perspective. And I think at, at, at all three levels, I think he would do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I think he would screen. I think he would defend. I think he would be able to, you'd be able to facilitate offense through him. And he would definitely, uh, he would definitely hit open shots. And I think he could get open shots. Question. For I, what's that? Jake Davis or Cooper Farrell. I mean, I kind of like Jake better just because I like the defensive the defensive aspect of it. Um, I think it's he's it's a definitely a strong part of his game. I think where Cooper has definitely uh, improved in that area, and I also think that the things that Jake's successful at translates a little easier. Like Cooper often gets by by being one of the stronger kids on the court, you know, one of the better athletes on the court. And I just don't think in college he would be that. Um, and that may be the difference between a low D1 offer and a, D, and a D2 offer, you know, or maybe even a series of low D1 offers and, and D2 offers. God, he's maybe, got a huge lower body, man. I, was- I, I get I get that. Um, <laughs> but. You know, the question of at that at what level he's best where he's going to be able to guard three. So where where does that let where does that land him? That's that's going to be the question. And I'll be honest, sitting with a 
sitting with a bunch of coaches. I mean, I, I'm always honest, but I'll be blunt. Sitting with a bunch of coaches this weekend, that was that was the question was how good is he laterally? Um, you know, is he going to be able to guard fours? Because Jake can guard fours, and he's tough enough too that if he were to get switched on a five, he wouldn't he wouldn't get killed. Um, you know, and there's and there's a lot that can be said for that. I mean, Chris watched Preston Roberts in the sectional guard of five for 31 minutes mm-hmm. and shut him down. I watched him guard. I watched Preston Roberts guard Austin Parks. Watched him. I put him on him because I remembered what he did in the sectional. <laughs> you know, and and of course, you know, the Parks kids going to Ohio State, and we didn't shut him down. We beat him. And, and Preston made him work for everything. So there, there's just the issue of who can you guard? Can you guard your position? And, and what is your position? So I thought, Sp- I thought Spencer White looked good. He's more assertive. Way more assertive this weekend. This whole month, really. And that's been good. Look, a, a lot of kids come into their own like that. So Sure. No, it's run your race. You know, it's, it's, it's so run so, your race. So Jake's going to have to, Jake may have to come up, may have a conundrum coming up. I don't know. I, I can't guarantee it. I'm not guy. I'm never, I don't even tell my players when I know they're going to get offers because I don't want to be wrong. Like I don't like if a college calls me up and says, Hey, we're going to offer one of your, you know, one of your guys this week. I would not tell that guy. I would not tell him. I don't, I'm not in the projection game in that regard. Um, I don't want to be wrong. I don't want them to go back, have a meeting and decide that eh, we're not going to do that. But, but Jake may have an interesting uh, conundrum coming up here between now and the end of July. Keeps playing like he's played this weekend. He really showed the ability to drive the ball this week. And I, and I know as we touch on teams and players who impressed us this weekend, he was one of them uh, for me. And a lot of it was because of his uh, showing that he, he can attack off the dribble. I had not seen that. I'm not even sure I saw it in the top 100, but then I don't remember really watching him there. But uh, he was he was, he was was really good this weekend. I don't know how he played against Penn. I didn't watch that game, but the other parts of three games, he was, he was really good and saw a lot of improvement in his ability to score off the dribble. So... I'm a big Jake Davis fan. He didn't play great against Penn. Did he not? He yeah. Well. He didn't shoot. You know, he didn't shoot well. He didn't really shoot well against Fishers either. But he did drive the ball well, like you said. Look, yeah. Jake Davis is a no-brainer for the service academies. I'm um, tough. Well, he's, gonna have to, he's gonna have to cut his hair if he goes. Yeah, all I got. He'll do that. I mean, that's all I got. I'm just saying, I don't think that for any other offer. But that's that's different. That's a service academy. I mean, it's, it's, it's the way it is like the Yankees, right? I mean, you just know, like, if you're going to play for the Yankees, you're not going to have facial hair. Like, okay. Like, so to me, that's, you know, but it, it feels like it's picking it somewhere else. It was picking on him. That's where I was coming from. But anyway, yeah, no, they, no, they weren't. No, no was, brainer was, for the, it was my question. It was actually my question. It was my rhetorical question to the, to the coach. He's an old football player too. You know, he's so tough. Like he is. Yeah. the, the was taking charges this weekend. I mean, how many kids did you see taking charges? A couple. Jalen Harrelson took one. But uh, not too many kids taking charges. Like, super versatile. And I think 
so many guys get worked up about Cooper Farrell and, and Jake Davis. Oh, can they play the, can, can you cover them? Can you find creative ways to use those guys? I mean, they're very different from a lot of, a lot of guys. And so I'm with you. Jake's probably, right. you're, you're a little higher prospect. Chris outside of sectional 10 sectional eight and Penn. What teams impressed you this weekend? Uh, Franklin, they, uh, Micah Davis runs the show for them and he's a great, great playmaker and they have tons of shooters. I mean, it almost seems like everyone on their team can shoot. I didn't know what his name was, but their big guy, number 24, Dylan Beverly, Dylan Beverly. He looked good. He he's pretty athletic and he had some nice inside moves. Um, and they went four and Oh, they beat Warren central and um, who did I see them against Franklin central and, Davis played really well in all those games, and they just, again, tons of shooters and guards, and they looked pretty good. And like I said, 4-0. And then Anderson went 4-0, and Amir Carson had a – he's an intro, he's a unique player to watch because he was – he really shoots from anywhere on the court because he was shooting from – in the Zionsville game, he had 35, and he was shooting from, you know, step behind the volleyball line at times, and he's – He's impressive to watch on offense for sure. And they have a guy, Damian King, who's a sophomore. going to be a sophomore. Yeah, yep. who's a wing who looked good defensively, got a good motor. And those two teams, I'd say, are the two that stuck out outside of those parameters. So, yeah. who did who did Carson put 51 on? He had a 35. Uh, Chesterton. Point. Chesterton. Yeah. And it, Chesterton only had 49. So he outscored them. Which, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Chesterton had a rough weekend. Yeah, they they're just they just are kind of a I wouldn't say rebuild but retooling and Sims Sims looked all right. But he's I think he's adjusting to kind of being almost the go-to guy in a way. Well, I, yeah, I think the question is going to be is who do they have to create shots for them? That's yeah. because that's obviously what Grayson did for them and mm-hmm. not only did he lead him in scoring but he was also able to get other people involved. Um yeah, they're going to miss that. They're, I mean, they'll figure it out. Urban's Urban's an excellent coach, uh, but um, they're 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 um, and I don't know how much you know. Each coach puts different emphasis on on winning, losing games this weekend. I think most of them are more interested in effort, continuity than necessarily wins and losses. Obviously, like Zionsville, for example. Did they go zero and two yesterday and two and two and zero today? Is that how that went? Uh, one and two today. They went. They only played two games today, though. Oh, one and one. One and one. So they went one and one both days. Okay. I thought they had. I thought they went zero and two yesterday and two and zero today. Of course, they played without Imes, and they you know they beat Chesterton without Imes. Um, any other any other teams stand out? I mean, I'm sure many. I thought I thought Kokomo. If that can, if I can say that one, I thought they looked. Yeah, their guards played well. Xavion Bellamy played outstanding in the first half of the Cathedral Kokomo game. He had some nice yeah, followers, and I thought both good. Bellamy's did really well. The younger one did too, and then they've got a third guard who's I'm not sure if the numbers match up to what they had during the school year, but I'm not going to be able to get his name just yet. Beard, Reese Beard. That could maybe. be. Yeah, that could be. But I and I mean, obviously Floyd Badanga was pretty incredible, but. You could say that every time. <laughs> Are we going to talk about that matchup, Nick? 
Sure. Talk about anything. But I will say for you not to, for you to, to, I thought the cathedral guards are excellent. Well, yeah, but we, we already knew that. I'm just, I'm not that we, not that we can't, not that we won't talk about them because I think I'll get to that point here in a minute or later in the podcast, but it, and it right. just depends. See, it's, it's a tough. So you watch two games, right? And I watched two games and the kid could play completely different in those two games. So it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting stuff. Um, you know, uh, yeah, we can talk about whatever, any matchups you want. Um, one other thing I was going to say about just kind of on Chris's point about uh, Micah Davis. I talked to Shane Burkhardt at Bossy. They played him. And he said, like, he does no scouting in the summer. So he shows up. He doesn't really know that Micah Davis is really good or whatever. And he sees, like, all these Division One coaches there waiting to, you know, to scout. And like, he's like, oh, well, Trey's, you know, Trey Howell's good, but is he this good? Like, I don't know, you know. And so, boom, first, first play of the game, uh, he gets a steal. Micah Davis gets a steal, and he goes down, and he, and he did this windmill dunk. And Shane said, in, in all my years of coaching, there's – two guys now that have impressed me with dunks. One was Eric Gordon when he stole the ball and he did a behind the head, whatever. And he said, the other kid was now Micah Davis who did this windmill on us. And I, he said, I looked down on my bench and I said, that's who they're here to see. Okay. <laughs> so super impressive, uh, super impressive kid there at Franklin community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to talk about Badunga um, Booker? Yeah. Yeah. Badunga Booker matchup. I mean, it's like it's it's glory more love. Get this kid some more love. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be curious to see how aggressive teams are with him. There's there's a lot of um, there's, there's a lot of talk going around, and he's already been promised a certain school or certain coach or or whatever. But the bottom line is, is he was he was the better player on the floor between those two in that matchup. You know, and how much of the, how important that is in June, you know, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the things book does well, he does well in space and, um, doing it in traffic, doing it against coaching, it becomes a different challenge, you know, and there's, there's more traffic, there's more traffic in school games. It was like the same thing we talked about with Garway, uh, against Brownstown, you know, and he figured it out. As this IU team camp went on, he, he got better and better as that day went on. Um, but Dunga's his motor is relentless, and as as much as he is pretty attached to the rim, off offensively, he still managed to score twenty seven points. <laughs> you know, and that's against a kid that's an inch or two taller than him. You know, and I think that's telling in a lot of, I think that's, that there's a lot of things that that's telling, you know, it's, it's telling in a lot of ways. So he's a, he's an interesting threat off the, the two man. Like he's always a threat to like catch a law. Right. You no. Know? And he's one of those like super interesting types. And you don't always get those types, but like he caught a lob against Booker. Well, not against Booker, but against cathedral. Um, that's pro stuff, man. Well, he, right. I mean, Booker would lose him. Sure. There'd be times where he couldn't find him. 
the thing about Booker is he's going to be great. Offensively, he's going to be good, you know, and like in, in space, um, he caught that ball in transition the one time, you know, he's going to be able to, to do that. Now he's going to go up against more, more length at the rim, but he's going to be really good offensively. He's going to score defensively. He gives up a lot. Mm-hmm. And he to gives me, up an awful lot. the conundrum is like, at some point you got to, you've got to be able to hold your own um defensively and so that's just kind of where i'm at with it like offensively like yeah no he's well and, and you know and the one thing that i don't think people understand too is the context of these types of dis- discussions change as as you move higher up the ranks 100 i'm looking at him as right you're you know it's 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 um like if somebody were to ask if he could play in the mac Talking about Booker now. <laughs> I mean, the answer would be, be sure he'd have to get stronger. Sure, he'd still would have to, you know, improve his awareness off the ball defensively. But it would actually it would just absolutely positively be a no brainer. You know, I mean, um, you know, the high major level, his body type becomes an issue. You know, does he is he going to be able to pack on the kind of strength he needs without without breaking down might be a bit strong, but without having some nagging injuries that aren't instance related. And I've got some experience with this, with players I've coached over the years on, on success stories and and not so many success stories, you know, coach kids that just could never stay healthy because as they put on weight, (laughs) one instance, good weight, another instance, not good weight, uh, body started to break down. And then, you know, we had a kid that was really, really thin Seven one, uh, that went to Wake Forest, and basically through his recruiting process, any school that was like, "Yeah, we're you know we'll put 40, 50 pounds on him, he'll be fine." It was the answer was no, you're not. No. He couldn't handle 40, 50 pounds, not not in that short order. Twenty five, thirty, maybe. I mean, you know, and probably definitely. And he went on and had a great career at Wake Forest, and and you know we weren't we were real careful with how much his weight played a role in in recruiting and that's it's a nuance i think that i value just because hell man as much as nba as i watch you know the the, the one kid i'm talking about graduated in 2005 you know he was on the heels of odin and all the weight odin packed on you know, and how it deteriorated his body, at, you know, once he got to the NBA level. Uh, there's just only so much weight certain frames can, can handle. So that's going to be – so that's where, you know, the context isn't isn't do we like a kid or do we not like a kid. The context is, you know, what what factors come into play as you, as you move into play at a different level. Just like we talked about Jake Davis earlier, you know, what, what does he do well? Does he do well? Is it – things he can play do at the division one level is it things he could do at the division two level or is it things he can do at the nai level it's a lot of the same conversation it's just it's just um the higher up you go the more critical you have to be because there's just more there's more at stake quick just a quick yes a great point quick antidote to that i asked right Stephen pearl was in the gym and he stops yeah. and talks to the USI coaches and stuff. 
and I asked him, I said, is, is Savior Booker a top five prospect nationally? And he said, we'll know more next after next. I, yeah, I think. But after we'll when? know more after next, after the top 100, NBA top 100. Um, so my, my point is that, yes, like you say context matters and context is so important. Yes. When I say here's the conundrum, but the conundrum is that he's going, if he goes to high major basketball, Auburn, for example, who had the number two um, prospect in the draft, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about Booker on that level. We're saying, Hey, three Jabari. Yeah. Jabari, you can talk about Jabari three. Okay, drafted right. third. Yeah. You're supposed to go one. And well, and that's, that's my thing is, what do these kids just in general, and not, not just to focus on Booker, because that's not fair to him, but what do these guys do against coaching? What do these guys do against like, like-minded, you know, like ability talent? Um, Another kid their size. And that's, that's always the big thing with, with bigs, right? Is guards I mean, always, guards play against good guards all the time. You know, I mean, it's, it's nothing to see logan imes and i mean it was going to happen this you know logan imes play marcus burton logan imes play somebody else really good logan imes play carson uh, amir carson logan imes play i mean that was going to happen this weekend right chris so well yeah except he was hurt but i get what you're saying it's going to happen and it was going to and i'm saying bigs you don't always it's hard to find another good big and so i think i would have me put put man i mean that kid is is kind of mean too like He'll dunk the ball and he'll look back and kind of, you know, go back down. The, he'll let you know. Like, I, I just, I loved his spirit. Um, so bouncy and just. I mean, he scored 27 points. I, I want to say he scored. I think I want to say he missed one shot. Yeah. And Chris, what did we have? Book? What did we have book? We had book six for 19. Yeah. Book. He was, I mean, he was just, I'll say this one thing. I'll chime in a little bit. Booker. I feel like. I think I'm kind of thinking that a college, like a power five, might use him more as a four and a three, with his dribbling. Well, he just, he'd, he'd have to he'd have to be able to guard it though. That's but that's yeah. going to be. He's kind of in to, between those. Three. See, that's what I mean. That's that's the conversation. So, it, you're bound by who you're bound by your skill set. You're bound by who you can guard. That's that's the conversation the higher up it, at each level you're bound by your skill set relative to the rest of the rest of the league you know and in some cases they're thinking the rest of you know when butler was recruiting there toward the end of their their um horizon league days you know they were they were you know they had already made a couple of sweet 16s before their final four runs they're recruiting guys to get to the final four you know, they're telling guys, look, we get it. We're in the horizon league. We get it. Most times it's one big league, one bid league. But we're getting to the sweet 16 on a semi-decent basis out of this out of this capacity. We want to get to the final four. You know, now they lucked into a couple things. I don't think anybody thought Gordon was going to be that good <laughs> or or continue to grow three more inches or at least two more in college, and then maybe even one more as a pro. Uh, you know, they kind of fell into Shelvin Mack because I think there were some things that that didn't, that he kind of matured as he got older. I mean, they all do, but I mean, he really had a maturation process uh, that that once he got it figured out, Butler was like, yeah, we, we love it. Um, 
but contextually, you know, you're really, you are, you're bound by based on the level you want to go at is what's your skill set? Is it, is it applicable? Does it translate? And, and who can you guard? So I, I get what you're saying, Chris. I mean, he definitely is a non-traditional big man. He's not, yeah. you know, but, you know, there'd be some matchups where he, where he would be successful, but then you're telling so you're saying, okay, is he going to be a four in the big 10? Okay. Is he going to guard Keegan Murray? And one, one is he, he going to go? And it's not just about, can you guard certain look that look can, who can guard Keegan Murray? I mean, again, we're not, I'm not trying to make profound statements about anybody. Can, can he guard the, it's not just who can you guard, but can you guard the best players in that league? Can he guard – does he guard Trace Thompson or Race Thompson? I mean, he might be on the same team with him. No, well, actually won't because he'll be gone by – even if Book goes – he'll be gone when Book gets there. So those are, those are the questions. And, and, look, he can go in and have a – you know, he could, he could go in. All these guys got to go in and, and earn their way. You don't expect them to come in there and be ready to go as soon as they hit the ground. Maybe some of them you do. Will he be able to grab the ball off the glass and then go coast to coast in the Big Ten or the SEC? That's I don't, and I don't think so. Uh, one thing I was thinking about, I feel like we have also haven't seen him in the post that much, even though he kind of plays the five. I feel like he only, I think he only shot once or twice inside the paint against uh, Badunga, and he made the one which was kind of a throw up in the air shot, but. I just even throughout even like when we played when we played them during high school he just he doesn't get that many post touches right um, and there's well, a lot of drives and things but it's interesting. And we're well versed here in Indiana with with bigs who don't play in the post. We've got Miles Turner. So, um, <laughs> what up, Boyne? Um, yeah, I mean, he's like a stretch, legitimately like a stretch five is what I would call him because I just yeah. don't know. I mean, I know people say, oh, that's that sounds like positionless basketball. Well, you know, well, it is. But that, and that's fine. Kind of and, you know, and that's that's definitely where his skill set is going to take him offensively. Um, the, the, just, the, you know, the question is just the defensive end of it, because, again, Badunga had 27 points. All of it was at the rim. He wasn't hard to find. Sure. No, and that's and that's what I say is it was it was such an interesting game to watch because both players were so different, right? Skill set wise, and then it's such a conundrum for you off it like offense or defense. Can you bring him along? I I just don't know. I just don't know how much Xavier Booker wants to be great at defense. I don't know. I mean, it's not a oh he well he's uh, getting yeah he's he's getting better. I think he's taking steps. So. Yeah, I right. But I'm just saying, personally, I just I don't know if you if he yeah he's taking he wants steps. to be a great great defensive player if he wants to be better. I think he'll get there. But you know how some guys just aren't, and I'm just saying in general, aren't interested in defense. I don't know. I don't know anything about him personally like that. So oh yeah, I, if he wants to, he'll get there. I mean, he's he's yeah. come so far. When I when I watched him as a sophomore, I mean, at one point I had him down like fifth in my prospect rankings just because. It was like, are you ever going to do anything? And he, and he has taken a really big leap. He really has. I saw him this weekend. I check off on the offensive part. like, But, you know, so he'll get there. Do I think that, that he, he's a top five player in the country? I, think, I don't think that's good for him. I still don't. But I think he's, he's really coming along good. I just don't know if he's going to step right in 
and be that impact player in college right away. Like a lot of people think that the number two player in the country should be. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's each, each class is its own context. I mean, Romeo Langford was the fifth best player in his class and, and, you know, he was the leader by far of a team that won a state championship when he was a sophomore in high school. So, right. um, you know, and, and Trace was 23rd. Trace Jackson Davis was 23rd in nation. And I just physically, those two guys are on different, are on different pages. You know, and that's going to, that'll be, that'll be something for book to, to get to figure out is, is again, how will his body have to develop? You know, to because all these kids a little bit, every single one of these kids has to get stronger to play in college, right. regardless of if you know, even they, they go to the crossroads league that have to get stronger. Um, they, you know, they go to they go to you know, division three school, they're going to have to get stronger, but you know, that's going to be the thing is, is sometimes you know, weight gain isn't as easy for some. And I'm just speaking anecdotally based anecdotally based on things I've seen in the past. And I think if we're all forced to think about it, Chris is certainly younger than the two of us, but, but if Nick and I, especially, and Chris follows probably in the NBA a little bit and, and probably follows some college, we can think of instances where careers were railroaded because of injury. And a lot of that I'm guessing is because, again, I think, I think of Odin of just trying to pack on so much weight, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't healthy. Um, And I I think, I think we're smarter about that now than we were in 2006. Uh, You would put weight on everybody, right? I mean, that was what they did. They just, yeah, I was put 25 pounds on you. Like now, now flip that. And, you know, Nick Richard, his body looks a lot better now than it did in March. He's leaner. He's a little quicker. College coach described him as springy this weekend. I don't know if I've ever seen him as springy. Man, he's always been good. He's always, yeah, he's good. You know what I wish we would have seen? I, w- I would have wanted to see uh, Ben Davis and Zionsville in the same pool. They were. They were. Oh, they played each other? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I watched that game. And then, um, or I wanted, really, I would have also been cool with um, Zionsville and Cathedral and Kokomo and Ben Davis all in the same pool. Mm-hmm. Pin Ben Davis, Sheridan Sharp, Marcus Burton would have been fun too. Yeah. But bigs, good bigs are rare. Yeah. Or, or more rare. How, how the, the, Richard, is that are we saying that name right? That's yeah, it's Richard. It looks weird. It's Rehart. Tech, it's Rehart. Re, so the C yeah. is silent. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I that right. I've been saying it. I've been Rehart. I used to say Richard, and then someone said Rehart, and I was like, but I don't know. But well, we we butchered Cacalia's name for years, so <laughs> we're, we're, we're due. Um, how did Rehart Dowdy go? Yeah, it, it was it was a good game. I'll say Ben Davis. You know, with the injury sound so I had Andrew Spen Davis is just so talented. They, you know, they they didn't really use Dowdy a ton. Zions will use Nick a lot more, obviously, with the injuries and things. Um, 
but I felt like both were pretty active. Um, post moves wise, Nick had some nice moves. Um, Ben Davis really clogged the lane a lot with their guards getting quickly and trying to get steals on him. But he had some nice post hooks. He likes going right, um, left shoulder, or excuse me, left shoulder a lot. Um, yeah. And he's he's he, his footwork's really solid. And he um he had a skip. He jumped over Dowdy and fell on his back, which was and was down for a little bit. But he came back later. Um, so he was out for a quarter and a half or so. But he. When he played, I thought he was good and active, and I think you'd say the whole weekend he was pretty solid inside. Um, he's, I think he's cleaning up finishing as he goes along, which I think with all almost all the bigs that aren't, you know, Flory and stuff, there's some issues like with Dowdy and Rehart with just kind of finishing overall. But I, I think he looked yeah. good. Both of them, I'd say, are, I'd say both of them are similarly leveled. Um, I think Nick's more mobile and quicker than Dowdy, um, but it, it was an interesting matchup for sure. I'd have to watch them to, to know if I agree with that, yeah. but that's the, the last part there. The Rehar is more is more polished. Yeah, more offensively, he's better off. Yeah, offensively he's polished. Really good. I, I I do think the things that Dowdy does translates better. Like he rebound. I mean, he's a vertical threat. He's he's a rim run guy. He's um, he's got a better body. Um, he's probably, I don't know if he's longer, but he's long. Um, he's got better hair. He's got better hair. Yeah. We're on a hair. This is the hair podcast. Um, yeah, there's a he's, he's, uh, I love his motor and, you know, and I've got to get, I've got to get the, the, the taste of that sectional out of my, out of my brain. You know, I've got to get the image of that sectional. I don't want to mix my metaphors there. The image of the sectional game out of my head with, with, with Rehart and you know it's two sectionals in a row where he struggled to to convert. You know, in in, in big moments and um, and I think a lot of that too. You look at even Jeffrey Simmons for Fishers. You know, going back, it's one thing was evident in in the the Noblesville sectional this year was that low post players struggled. And I, I, you think of how the game is going away from that. If that's Rehart's strength, um, how much of that is going to be um, an option at the next level? That, that's going to be the thing. And, you know, he's got a couple of good offers. So he's got, recently picked up an offer from Illinois State, the Valley. You know, I mean, I don't. I, don't I, think know how you, I think you can play through him. I think offensively you could. Yeah, play I agree with that. Rehart, you know, I think you can play Dowdy, through. You, I think really, you can play through Dowdy. You could teach him how to do that. I don't think running, running, dribble, handoffs, ball screens, and get action is not. It's not brain surgery. No, but I think the best thing that Zane Dowdy does, and, and why he's so good everywhere he goes, right? He goes to top one hundred. He goes to all stars. He goes to you know. He was good last year. Why he's good is because he doesn't need anybody to call anything for him. He doesn't right. need anybody to, to look for him and find it. He's just going to go and create and make make havoc and create. That's why I think it translates right. better. That's that's my argument. Yep. And the three things that I named that I think he could do well. One of, I mean, obviously he's already involved in a lot of ball screen action with Ben Davis. I think dribble handoff and get action 
I think are two things, two more opportunities for him to get rim runs as, as a secondary catch guy. And I think he does that as well as anybody in, in the 2023 class. And the get action is pretty easy. You just catch it and the guy runs to you and gets it. The triple handoff stuff, I guess, can be tricky for some guys. You know, the, the Pacers are going to have to answer some of that. Can Miles Turner do the same things that Montes Sabonis can do? At least from that perspective, Sabonis could 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 play make as a passer. Uh, but but really, most of what Sabonis did was ball screens, triple handoffs, and get action. And that's that's a function of today's bigs. At the college level, that's a function of today's bigs. At the NBA level, it's trickling down. I use a ton of it, and I think like Jake Cherry, for example, who coach who plays for me, disclosure, uh, I think Jake is excellent at all three of them and is one of our best passers. Derek Smith's also Zionsville guy, also a kid that played for me. We didn't run any good action with him, but dribble handoffs, ball screen stuff, he was outstanding. You know, and we were playing a seven-footer away from the basket, you know, even his dad was like, get him at the rim more. I'm like, that's not where the game is going. That's not how colleges are going to use him. They're going to use they're going to use Derek as a guy who you can run offense through. Rick Smith was that. riding your riding your butt about him. Yeah, Rick was great. I'll be honest. Rick was outstanding, um, <laughs> outstanding to work with. And you know, we'd have discussions like that, and I would tell him my reasoning why, and he would just be like, I you know, like I trust you. But that's just where the game is going with bigs. And it and look, I think it makes those guys hard to guard too. Especially with, with the guards. I mean, Sheridan Sharp's gonna find Dowdy. You know, and and, and Ricard could be involved in that stuff too. And you know Logan's gonna find him. Logan finds everybody. But that's the stuff that I think we're that's why I think Dowdy's gonna be if he were to really settle into Mac and Missouri Valley offers, I think he's He's going to be just fine there as he gets as he gets acclimated to the speed of the game, because I think he can do those things. He any any chance he gets to to be a rim run kid, a rim run guy, um, he is is an opportunity for him to produce offensively, and I think he does that as well as anybody in in the state. So the only one that might do it better is Badunga, who's every bit the vertical threat, and right now all he does is ball screen in terms of how he gets to that point. Yeah, he goes and gets it off the rim. Well, there's that, yeah. That, that too, is something Dowdy does extremely well. And I just want to see more of it from Ricard if we're talking about... I mean, statistically, Dowdy was a better, was a better player last year. Statistically. There's, there's more that goes into determining who's a better player. But he was 11.8 points and, and 11 rebounds a game last year. Ricard was... Uh, 9.6 points and 6.1 rebounds per game last year. Clearly, I've already had this discussion today. So I, these are things that I looked up earlier in the day while I was discussing it. So, But without question, Ricard is more polished, and it probably showed up today. But again, right, No, not probably no scouting, even though they played each other during the regular season last year. No scouting and no game planning. So is how does that translate when those when those two factors come into play? And you know that'll be 
something for him to get through because in the sectional, it was a struggle. But he wasn't the only one that struggled with low post play in the sectional. Jeffrey Simmons, Charlie Williams, all three of those dudes found offensive opportunities in the post to be way more difficult than within what it was during the regular season, definitely than what it was in the previous June. So, Nick, what, what teams impressed you besides the obvious? Yeah, I thought Fort, Fort Wayne Concordia was really – Really good. I got a chance to watch them a little bit. Yeah, um, I regret I regret not watching them. I, I like Jahani or I like Dahani. Um Jahani Williams. Johnny or, Washington. Yeah, Washington. Johnny. She's yeah, sorry. The right. No. Um him and Cole Hayworth were really good. And that's what no, I've not seen at all. Hayworth. Meant to see them. Not sure what happened. I can't remember what, what game I was supposed to go to. And I, and I don't, I don't know if something popped up or because I had, a, I definitely had one of their games marked. So, and, and just didn't get there. Uh, yeah. Hammond central was pretty good. You know, they, they, I watched them play Providence and Providence actually they had Providence had a tough weekend. Um, you know, they went one and three, um, you know, Hammond central was good though. I thought they've got a lot of guys, you know, in that 24 class, they got Davion Doty and they've got, Matthew King, and they've got obviously got Jordan uh, Woods in 23, mm-hmm. good point guard. You know, they just – Coach Moore does a really good job there. Um, you know, I thought um, looking through, Linton went 4-0. I thought Burbuff was really good. Uh, New Pal had a really good day, uh, really, really good weekend, I thought. Yeah, they went 4-0. You know, um Hamilton Southeastern, Ref Stevens, uh, caught them a little bit. Lawrence North, I think, is going to be really a lot better than what people think, right? They kind of retooled. They platooned all weekend, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. They were seven, at least the first half, they, get, they were seven, four, and four out. North Central is going to be good. Anderson is going to be good. Uh, those Ben Davis guards are just, they're really, really good, too. You know, you talk about KJ Windham. And so you mentioned Sharp, and I think, you know, Valpo it was one in three, and I know they were like, but I think Mason Jones is, to me, is going to be one of the biggest stock rises here in the next year. Really like him. Um, he struggled um, against Orm. And, and a lot of it is, you know, that because those two guys are physically very similar. Who's that? Orm and mason jones sam orm mason jones physically very similar um orm is probably a little bit more body control yeah um, and i mean valpo just had a bad game i you know we're going to chalk it up to that but jones has I mean, a big motor orm, has or, orm was the orm was the better of the two in in that in that moment and Mason struggled in the game against Carmel during the regular season. Just he, he got going late, but it was too late. But then I know he had a good, I know he had a good game against cathedral too. So. I just think that's what I'm saying in the next year, you know, he's got consistency thing. He's figured himself out as far as his, 
And he's a kid kind of similar in that Jake Davis, Cooper Farrell kind of mold, kind of. I mean, he's not a good offensively, right? As Sam. Um, um, well, he doesn't have the shot. I, he's, he's as good offensively, right. just in a different way. He's, yeah. He's looking, um, to drive, he's looking to drive more. And, you know, I thought Fishers was really good. Like they were like, they're a lot different now. Um, I thought Miles Stringer's really good defensively. Caden Metzger, really good shooter. And was Stringer there? He quit. Well, I don't see. I don't know who I was. You might. You might think. You might be thinking of John Anthony. Probably John Anthony. He's God. He's probably one of the best mm-hmm. defenders. Certainly in the in the the, the sophomore class. Anyway, the roster, so I didn't have roster. So we're talking about John Anthony. Okay, John Anthony. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's, really, not, he's a sophomore. Yeah, I like him. He's like probably Fishers is probably what two years away from being like. No, I think they're they're going to be really good this year. Um, yeah, they're going to be they're they're a year away because it's 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 tough to do what Romeo Langford did. You know, that's what we're going to that's what Harrelson's going to have to do. And Harrelson's going to have to go through the gauntlet of sectional eight. Mm-hmm. You know, and this could be one of those Braden Smith type things where, you know, you, you, you know, he doesn't win a sectional. There's no shame in it because of how good the other teams are. But they've got all, they've all got one more year of Carmel being super deep, and then we'll see what happens after that. But and let me say, uh, Ligoti was really good there, four zero. Yeah, they they throttled Oak Hill. Today. I love Peyton was... Bledsoe to me. Peyton, there's some of those players that I would pay to watch play. Peyton's one of those. He's just um, will be interesting. And then I thought Evansville Wrights was really, you know, Austin Brooks in his first year. Coaching, yeah. Yeah, Wrights. And and I thought Higgs. Um, Good, Will my Kirkland, boy. Yeah, your boy Will. and, and Higgsy. Him, him and Will Kirkland <laughs> together. Good backcourt. Chris, how much more did you see than just this weekend? I, I was going to say, I forgot one team, Brownstown Central. Yeah. They looked really good because they beat HSC. Benter scored 31, and he looked outstanding. He was hitting everything. And they have they, – they're they're gritty. They don't – they have – they're just – they're a tough team. Um, and I was, like he said, HSC looked pretty good too because even though um, – and I think Brownstown, I would probably say – was the best small class team I saw, even though it was yeah. kind of just them and Linton I saw, but um, but they looked good. And Benters, when he's when he starts hitting shots, he's he's pretty hard to beat. I have to get those two Scottsburg kids eligible though. Yeah. To be as effective as what they're looking right now, I don't know how much I don't know how difficult that's going to be. Like, legitimately, don't know. I don't know. I know as of ten days ago, it wasn't settled. And they got a long way to go, you know, to really worry about it. But yeah, you know, we we know those things kind of drag out. Obviously, we dealt with that with Jaden Brewer last year. So, you know, Nick, going back to some of the stuff you were talking about, it really underscores the things we we talked about during the school season, where especially with Zach and I would go through all these teams. And the one thing we would say constantly is that they all had a great group of juniors. All these good teams in the state last year had a really good group of juniors. And of course, the two teams that get to the state finals, you know, obviously also had a couple seniors that were were effect, you know, that were anywhere from really good to effective. 
but all these teams had a bunch of good juniors and now they, they're all seniors. And those are all the teams you're, you're rattling off, Nick. All those teams have multiple seniors who have been, you know, varsity starters for two years. This, the class of 2023 is super, super deep. And I think it's as wide open of, of a state tournament perspective as we've seen in a while. Mm -hmm. all right nick so who's the best team you've seen that let's let's talk about the month of june who's the best team you've seen this week or this month man that's a tough question um, i don't i don't know that it is but <laughs> i'm curious um I don't know. Come back to me. To me, it's Ben Davis. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I would say, yeah. I mean, that's that's why I was earlier saying outside of sectional eight, sectional ten, and Penn, who was the best teams you guys saw? Now let's just get right to it. Who the best, team I've, the, be, the best most consistent team all month has been Ben Davis. I mean, they wrecked Homestead. Yeah, that was that was almost like a statement game. You know, Homestead had three guys that could compete, and they're and they're going to be, they're going to figure out those other two spots and, and and any any type of depth they may try to have. You know, they've been very fortunate the last few years, even before, you know, Goody came into play, and definitely before Lawyer Lawyer got there. But, but, yeah, I think Ben Davis has been the best team this month. Mm -hmm. North Central, I think, is is another team that's going to be. No, I don't think it's going to be up there, but I think was was another team that was impressive this weekend. I, at times, yeah, really good. I think and they're going to be mentioned, but yeah, I agree. they're going to defend and they're going to defend eighty four feet. They're they were trying to do that last year. I don't know why they won't do it again this year. Chris, how much how much did you see beyond this weekend? Were you other other places? That that's it, but I agree with you. I saw. I mean, I I was there, the pretty much the entirety of the event, and I'd say, by far, I'd say it was Ben Davis, just because they just they. I think they have more consistency and more depth, and just they're right up there with talent too. I think they've got everything going for them, and obviously experience too, since most of those guys have started for two or three years now as well. Yeah. Can oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm saying their one bugaboo is is as a team outside shooting. Yeah. Obviously, Wyndham can get going, and I've been impressed with him this month. Mm -hmm. But as a whole, and then they've got guy. I mean, Sheridan Sharp's an improved shooter and can hit open shots. The question is, is how many open shots does is he really going? You know, is he going to get in a given game? Um. But they um the, the the number of guys that they have that are consistent from out there is it's Wyndham and then it's kind of like uh, kind of hunt and choose, you know, but, but defensively they get after it and they, they're going to make things difficult for anybody they play. Nick, what were you going to say? Um, if I told you there was, there was one team that beat um, Heritage Hills, Trent Cicely, Heritage Christian, Miles Colvin and Silver Creek, which again, it's going to be down. Right. But I mean, still those Heritage Christian, Silver Creek, would you believe 
Oh, and then in Scottsburg, would you believe it was Yorktown? Yorktown went 4-0 this weekend. They had a great weekend. They've got – they won their sectional last year, this past season, and that was with a losing record. And I, and I never did get figured out if they had people missing during the year because they've got talented guards. Yeah, and they Tawari got – Tawari and A.J. Dunn and, and then the other junior to be – you know, they've got they've got th- uh, Moulton. They've got three kids that are pretty offensively talented. And they they got um, Jerron Taylor who transferred in from Rushville. They got the, yeah wow. they they did get him. Yorktown three A or four A? They're three A. Three, three. And look, we've seen the Heritage Hills. Well, I have, I guess. They they got some guys. I mean, they got some guys that are going to have to really step up because they they look out of place at IU camp other than Sicily. Now they're not going to be playing some of those teams in the state tournament come come March, but you can bet Bossy is going to do everything they can to, to speed those other dudes up. Yeah, Bossy looks. Bossy went 0-4, but they looked a lot better than what I thought they were going to. I mean, like, they got a move in from Owensboro. They've got a move in, I believe, from Georgia. Trey Howell's going to be really good. Yeah, I liked him this weekend. He's such a clever little kid. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think Joey Hart averaged 25 a game. I mean, quietly, I, I don't like, a lot of people, some people out there don't. He didn't pass the eye test or whatever. I thought um, Logan Webb was really good in the two games. That Chris, you want to? You, did you happen to see him at all? Yeah, he looked really, really good. I thought that um, he was shooting well, and he uh, obviously teams are focusing on Hart, but he he was shooting well and he's really aggressive too, which I thought he looked good. Yeah, it's um, it's a fun weekend. It's. I watched a lot of games. We've got, I've got about evaluations set up for 71 kids. I'm going to finish some of those tomorrow. Jeez. And, um, but it's, it's definitely good, you know, getting multiple people watching and get a, get a fresh perspective because it's, I mean, I'm hunting out a lot. I mean, obviously I'm hunting out a lot of the same team because they're good teams to watch. Um, were you, were you surprised, and I know the Roush brothers with Northwood, but were you surprised Northwood went one and three in that pool? Like, well, without them, they're they're a different team. You know, without 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 those two kids, they're different, and that's you know they're they go on a mission trip every year during this time, and you know and that'll be one of those deals where at the end of the day they'll wonder why people aren't recruiting them. Right. And it's because when it's time to be seen, they're not here. So, you know, it's just, I realize each family has their own priorities, but I, I but I've been involved in situations like that before where, and I, and nice, not, you know, bad, not ill and not, you know, well-intentioned families would be like, we, you know, you, why is no one recruiting our kid? Well, when it was time to be seen, you weren't here. So, you, you know, you hope that doesn't come back. I mean, I think he's going to have enough team success at Northwood that he'll have crossroads league schools looking at him and probably some of the NAI schools in Michigan that are also good. Holy cross. 
IU East, IU Kokomo, IU South Bend, all those schools as well will be, you know, on the line watching him play. Um, but that's that's inevitably the question is it happens when when it's when it's quiet. Is why is it quiet? Well, it's quiet because when people were here to watch you play in April, you were at a prom. When they were here to watch you play in June, you were out of town. You know, if you're going to – sometimes I think if you're going to do this, you got to do it the right way and, yeah, and, and figure out other ways to handle it. One other point I want to make about as far Another as that business. <laughs> go on. You know, there's some coaches that, that, that will go to um, Purdue camp or IU camp or something, mm-hmm. you know, with your team. That's great. It's fine. But nobody cares about that. Like, I'm sitting there, Chris is sitting there, you're sitting there this weekend next to college coaches. I mean, mm-hmm. here's your chance to really, but they don't play in, they don't play at Charlie Hughes. It's like. Well, yeah, those, those teams, yeah, need to play in this event. This, uh, I don't know if it's a capacity issue or what, but the, everybody needs to play in this event. I agree. It, it's, 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 a huge, it's hugely important. I, I don't agree with team camps don't get you the kind of exposure you're talking about because there were colleges, uh, coaches from other colleges at IU team camp. There are typically other coaches at Purdue team camp. Okay. Obviously not other division one coaches because that's a little bit too close to home, Right. but they are definitely coaches there from other levels watching these games. And I also firmly believe in the networking value in it and in, in that, um, I mean, I'll go through the Darian Ringo situation with, with KJ Walton. Purdue was recruiting KJ Walton pretty early on in his career at, at Brownsburg. Darian Ringo, his best friend, um, super talented in his own right. Everywhere we everywhere we went, we took KJ. Everywhere we went with KJ, we went, we took Ringo. Everywhere we took Ringo, we took KJ. And the, the bottom line was is you just never know. And, and Ringo was kind of like, why am I going to Purdue when they're not recruiting me? And the answer was obvious. One day, Jack Owens is going to be a head coach somewhere. And he really likes you. One day, Greg Gary is going to be a head coach somewhere. And he really likes you. Two assistants at Purdue at the time. Jack Owens gets the Miami, Ohio job. And literally before his press conference calls and says, what's Ringo do? What's Ringo got going on? And my response was, duty's yours. You want him? Well, you know? those, those are unique situations, though. I'm saying in most they, situations, I'm saying if I have an in it, like the NAIA. But kid, they, happen, they happen more than you – I do think they happen more than you think. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. But I'm just saying in general, look, I'm not knocking uh, – take, take that off the table. I always – I'll say something, right? I'll say I'll – say, I'll make a lot of good points, and then somebody will nitpick my one – Okay, I forget the whole IU thing, right? Um, my point is that you should—they should have been at Charlie Hughes. Oh, absolutely. There with with college coaches, if your kid's there, right? And I'm saying like, hey, you know, this happened this weekend. I'm sitting there, and and there's a coach there. And I'm going to go unnamed, right? But he's say who who you're watching, and he tells me who, and I say, well, so and so, and in purple is going to be your best player or whatever. I'm just making up some pink. And so first play, kid makes a little rocker step, finger roll. Guy looks at me, he's like, 
who you got here? Who's this kid? You know, this could be your guys. You know, it's just like this podcast. If you don't listen to this podcast, like, what are you doing? If you're not a Charlie Hughes, right, Chris? What are you doing? Yeah, you need to. You need, school coaches need to have their teams in this. It, it's mm-hmm. and it, it's kind of frustrating that you know, in a couple of instances where you know, there's just guys that need to get continue to get good looks and weren't playing this weekend, so it kind of sucked, but. Can I say one more thing before I go on players that I really liked? No. The guy at Culver Academies. Fallow. Fallow. Fallow, yeah. Fola. 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 Whoa, man. You talk about being able to guard your – offensively, if he can come along, you know, he's a kid from Detroit originally that's at Culver. If Fola can come along, I mean, there was a, a mid-major head coach told me, he was like, man, defensively, that kid could play for us right now. Yeah. Anyway. All right, Chris, what do you got coming up? Uh, just uh, I've got the uh, IFCA, the football coaches all-star game in a couple weeks and just kind of here for a couple practices and summer, just chilling. So, yeah. Nick, what do you got coming up? No, we got July. Um, we, do, we do have July. Just kind of looking into July. That's kind of the next the next step, you know, right? June's kind of – you can kind of put a nail in the coffin on that. Um, kind of a tear, kind of because, like, it's going to be a whole other year before Charlie Hughes again. It's like, bummer, dude. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 good. It's a good month. It's, I'm glad, glad it's over. We start back up this week. For AAU, looking forward to that. When you got practice, uh, I think we still got some teams playing this week. Uh, the 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 two leagues that that I've been watching are are both still playing their games this week. So Monday, Tuesday, watching those games. A um, couple of our guys play Wednesday, and they also play on Thursday. So we're not practicing until Friday. We're going one practice into the pro player shootout, and then we're going to practice Tuesday after the fourth and go to Atlanta. I take so, that back. I'm going to Gibson Southern on Tuesday. All right, to watch you. Yeah. So cool. Box Out Sports is a leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes this season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. As Zach likes to say, it's not just for basketball, it's for all across sports. Thank you for listening to Courts at Indiana podcast. If you listen every week, we appreciate it. If not, Nick. What are you doing? What are, what are you, you doing? doing? What are you doing? Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate a rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courts at Indiana Twitter and Instagram at Courtside IND. That's Courtside IND on Twitter. Primarily Twitter, but also Instagram. So, yeah. Did you call stubborn and difficult on on this podcast? I may have implied it. I didn't call you it directly. I implied it. You inferred it. Okay. That's true. That's the grammar lesson. the The receiver infers it. The speaker implies it. No, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys, for having me, Chris. It's always (laughs) good to see you. All right, Nick. Thanks, man. Chris, same thing, man. Thank you. Appreciate your time. See you guys.